I'm Jeff Heisner with the Michigan District, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are talking with our own Rob Casper and pastors, Steve Woodfin and Bob Scott. Steve and Bob have taken different routes to become pastors at Our Shepherd in Birmingham and Faith in Grand Blanc. And before we hear their stories on their second careers and how God called them, uh, Rob, I want to ask you about the different avenues and opportunities that are out there for people in the Michigan District to become pastors. There are different routes to ordination. Uh, we've had uh, men who've gone through, uh, of course, like myself, who went through uh, four years of college right out of high school, and then four years of uh, seminary training uh, with a vicarage, and then called into pastoral ministry uh, from there. Uh, there's others who are second career, uh, like these men we'll talk about. They were uh, invited into, uh, they received their call from their congregation first, in a sense, and said, hey, we think you've got the, the skill set. Uh, we think you have the passion. Uh, we would uh, love to have you serve us as our pastor. Uh, would you please go and get a training? That's a specialized ministry pastor. And, and then there's alternate route, uh, which is uh, those that later in life in a second career, um, you know, just see a uh, opportunity or uh, see the need, but also the call of God in their lives to go and get the uh, the training. So then, uh, of course, our, our uh, ethnic routes, uh, Hispanic and, and then other ethnic routes uh, toward nation. So uh, several different ways to get to that place. Uh, bottom line is, no matter how many pastors we would have and missionaries, we can always use more because we need uh, men of great passion who want to share Jesus. So I'm, I'm pleased to speak to these two men. Steve, you're serving now at Our Shepherd in Birmingham, and Bob, you're serving at Faith Grand Blank. Tell us, uh, Steve, how long have you been, quote, a member at um, Our Shepherd Birmingham? And then how did it you know, what are you doing now at Our Shepherd Birmingham, and how did you get from there to there? The quick answer is uh, God did it. God does it all. I've been a member here since I was eight years old. And have oh, my a goodness. Great love for, yeah, you know, I went through the school here as well and have a great love for the ministry here. And God was tapping me on the shoulder throughout my time as a child and as an adult, as a lay leader here. I was always um, uh, being encouraged by him through the members here and in other ways to become a pastor. You know, when you have enough people say, you know what, you should be a pastor, you, you begin to listen a little bit, but it still took a combination of the economic crisis and the beginning of the SMP program coming together at just the right moment. And God used those two things together to make it very clear to me, I was supposed to be a minister here. And the senior pastor, when I went to him and I said, I think I'm supposed to be a pastor now <laughs> at age 48, he said, oh, there's a brand new program in the Senate. It just was approved by the convention. It's called SMP. Let's look into it. And uh, here we are now, uh, 15 years later. And I just am so joyful that God has called me to do this work and to share Jesus with him in a passionate way, like you mentioned, Rob. Uh, it's It's been nothing but a great uh, a journey of joy in, uh, in being able to great. share ministry with others. Yeah, yeah. And Bob, you're at Faith in Grand Blank. He mentioned the phrase SMP. Uh, Steve did, and I've used that phrase too. Uh, what is SMP, and what's your story? Just briefly, as as Steve shared his, what's your story of faith? What's SMP? Well, SMP is specific ministry pastor. So uh, usually there's something, maybe it's evangelism or something like that that uh, they specialize in. Uh, and I am the outreach guy here at Faith, but I, I am more than that, uh, just an extra staff pastor. So I'm the associate pastor here at Faith. Although right now we are in transition. So Pastor Todd Bierman, who was here for 16 years, has taken a call 
uh, elsewhere. Uh, and so uh, right now I'm the only guy, but we did call an intentional interim pastor to, to fill that senior pastor slot. Uh, and Jeff Heimseth is going to be coming on February 25th. And so that'll that what a blessing that program is, because that's going to give us time to just take a look again at who we are, where we're going, and uh, and and time to call a permanent pastor to that senior position. So but I look I look forward to working with Jeff. Yeah, how I got into it. Well, I worked for General Motors for 30 years, retired, uh, and I also wrote books on the Civil War. So I three books on the on the Civil War. And that's what I wanted to do when I retired. But I was also serving in the church. We've been members here at Faith Grand Blank since uh, the mid-90s. And I served as head elder. And occasionally, Wayne Wenzel was the senior pastor at this time. But we had a family life service, which was kind of a more relaxed atmosphere down in our gym that ran at the same time as our regular uh, worship in the sanctuary, and occasionally one of the pastors would be on vacation or something. So, so Pastor Wenzel asked me to to lead that worship service down there, and I enjoyed it. And people began saying, "You should be a pastor." I don't want to be a pastor. Pastors work too hard. You know, <laughs> I'm retired and I have other plans. Well, you know, when the Lord calls you, He doesn't let up. And so finally, I began to listen. But the problem was, I didn't want to go full route because, you know, I was 55 years old at the time, and uh, we were pretty ensconced here with our family in Grand Blank. And so I didn't want to have to sell the house and move to Bug Tussle, Mississippi or wherever. So uh, then I heard about the SMP program. And that was just perfect for us because you got to serve in your own congregation and uh, didn't have to move anywhere, anything like that. And uh, and so I talked to uh, Pastor Todd Bierman at the time, who was the associate, who was just succeeding Wayne, a senior pastor. And uh, he said, well, let's talk about that. And so he suggested, why don't you start taking deacon classes? Because uh, that'll give you a taste for the schooling uh, and it'll help prepare you to uh, you know, pass the entrance exam and to the, the seminary. And so I did that and I loved it. And I, I got to tell you, our deacon program here in the Michigan district is second to none. It is just an awesome program. And it and it really did help prepare me uh, for what was to come uh, through the SMP classes. So then in 2012, I entered that uh, program uh, through Concordia Fort Wayne. And uh, wow, just what a blessing that has been uh, to my life and, and to our family. And I hope, I think to, to the people here at Faith Grand Blank, and it is just the best job. It's a calling, but, but, but it is the best thing I've ever done. And there are difficult times to be sure, but there are the blessings far outweigh uh, those, those hard times. Well, that's great to hear, and uh, people speak very well of you and your ministry there at Faith, um, and also of you, Steve. Uh, Steve, what's your role at the pastoral team at Our Shepherd Birmingham, and and maybe why that role as opposed to something else? Because we, we talk about SMP, Specialized Ministry Pastor. Yeah, yeah, that, right, and that would be different for each congregation, probably. In our case, uh, I'm Bob and I are very similar. I'm the Outreach and Connections Pastor. 
but I serve as an associate as well. So I'm I'm helping with new member classes. I teach a confirmation class and run that program as well. And many other things, of course, uh, homebound and hospitalized calls, all the things that an associate is able to do uh, and, and part of the ministry leadership team. Um, and, and, but each congregation is going to have needs they identify. And it might just be a, an additional staff pastor. W what I found is such an amazing blessing, uh, and I bet you Bob found this as well, um, this combination of a pastor from outside the congregation with someone who's been there for many, many years, it's such, you know, Pastor uh, Evan Gertner and I are such a great team because we bring both of those perspectives uh, to every aspect of ministry here. And I have these deep connections uh, with the members here. So they're comfortable uh, coming to me with some of the things that are really troubling them. And we're able to really work through them together as we go into God's word and in prayer. Um, and, and so I encourage pastors and elders out there who are looking for some help in the pastoral staff to look within uh, to see the strength that they have within their own congregation. Uh, in the case of our shepherd, and I bet you faith as well, it has worked so well in uh, in furthering the ministry here at our shepherd. It's been great. And and that, that really uh, leads me to another question. One of the concerns I've seen, maybe, uh, it's been voiced to me in some respect. Um, hey, if if I'm a new pastor, like Pastor Gertner comes in, you are already the SMP pastor there. Or Bob, now you know, you were raised up under a Pastor Bierman, right? And now he's gone, and now intentional interim pastor, right, comes in. Uh, how? What's your posture? How can you help them feel really confident that they're the lead pastor and you're there to support them? Even though, as you mentioned, Steve, sometimes you're. You're a known commodity. You grew up there since you were eight years old, for Pete's sake. And they come to you because they know you. How can you help your senior pastor feel very confident that, and, and how can you train and help your people, the congregation, know um, you're here for them and you're not the guy. You're on this team. What, is that, what does that sound like in those conversations? Bob, have you had any experiences like that in this transition? Uh, well, I just met uh, Pastor Heimseth. Uh, kind of interestingly, though, our, our congregation actually did call him before we called uh, Pastor Bierman. Uh, and uh, at that time, it wasn't a, a good fit for, for Pastor Heimseth, and he, and he declined the call. So uh, he's back with us again, and uh, I look forward to working with him. But uh, we've kind of, I, I've talked to Pastor Heimseth some uh, uh, about you know where where we're going and uh, you know the the diff my role uh, in as the associate pastor and his role and my job is to hold up his arms uh, you know and and he's the guy and yeah, so I'm continually that's a great image yeah yeah. yeah so so I'm I'm going to be continually pointing to him. Uh, for people that that uh, you know are looking something that's specific to the to the role of senior pastor and communicating well with him, uh, you know, in everything that I do, uh, and but he's in charge, and I'm going to let not, the people know that from the beginning, um, and he'll be he'll be the guy that's attending the the uh, board of directors meetings and our elders meetings, so they're going to see him. Uh, in that position uh, from the get-go. Okay, and and Steve, how about you? What's your? You've gone through this uh, transition, I think probably twice, haven't you? Or no, just once? Yeah, yeah, yes, an intentional, intentional interim, and then when we called Pastor Garrett, yeah, 
and uh, boy, Bob is is right on it. It's just about it's just about praying for that servant heart to, to set aside ego and and to say, I'm not the senior. This man is the senior that God has called. Um, and actually, Bob, I think you probably could agree. There's a lot of freedom in doing that as well. You know, we're absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but it's but it's also about you know as things progress. Uh, we each recognize each other's strengths. You know, God blesses us all differently. And man, when we're together as a team, what glorious things he does through us. And so over time now, and Pastor Gidder has been here uh, coming up on six years, um, there, are, there are people in the congregation who are drawn to him and, and his gifts. There are people who are drawn to me if they have you know, issues they want to talk about. We, we, God has made us by his grace to be such a great team. And that's, that's how it really works when we're able to each minister according to the strengths that God uh, has given to each one of us. But it's always that, about that servant heart in the end. And that yeah. takes confidence and at the same time, great humility, you know, that, that we're here to serve the Lord Jesus. We're here to serve his church, uh, his bride, uh, the people. And each of you are in, in outreach and community connections. And, and so uh, even though you, you care for the entire flock in some way, shape, or form uh, in word and sacrament ministry, you're also very, very much focused on those who are yet outside of the of the um, outside of the faith or outside of the family of faith and disconnected from the church. You're both both in relatively large congregations as staff pastors, and you have specific roles. Two things I want to ask, and either one of you can speak to these. How important is a is a very clear mission of the congregation and ministry description? Okay, for 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 you and and also for other staff members. How important are those things? And then maybe the second question is. How would you speak to someone who is is maybe being asked to consider an SMP position or to be trained as an SMP pastor, and he's going to be quote the site pastor, and there's and his supervising pastor is not there. Uh, this may be a multi-site, or he might be by himself there, and it's the circuit visitor that's uh, serving as as his supervisor. How would you speak to those? Uh, situations. So those two things, just kind of uh, chew on those for a little bit for us. That would be helpful. Go ahead, Bob. Ah, well, let me see. The first part of that question, here at Faith, uh, I, our mission statement is uh, uh, faithfully living every relationship in God's way. Uh, and that was kind of put in place by, by Pastor Bierman, who was very strong on family ministry, and the congregation has adopted that. And, and, and so we're trying to uphold that in our classes uh, in just the way that we preach and teach and, and the way we live our lives. And, um, and so I think that then equips us. If we make sure we have our, that relationship with Jesus, number one, then every other relationship will fall into place after that. So um, that has been a great help uh, for me following that philosophy and I think for our people as well. Uh, as for advice to someone who wants to, will be serving as a, a sole pastor uh, at a congregation where his supervising is, is elsewhere, um, I, I think there's an advantage in uh, a second career guys, because we've got a lot of life experience under our belt, but I would say, listen to your people, uh, listen to their needs. Uh, and, and that is really the best way that you can serve them, okay? Because if you come in with preconceived notions uh, and it doesn't match the congregation you're serving, that isn't going to work. 
Yeah, and our shepherd, um, uh, our we call it our DNA statement is our shepherd gathers, nurtures, and serves because Jesus loves. And uh, we like to leave that hanging in a, in a little bit because people often ask, Jesus loves what or who or why? And that conversation then begins. But we we um, intentionally bring that focus of gathering and nurturing and serving into every aspect of of our ministry, especially in education and communication. Um, so that kind of drives how we behave and respond to each other here, uh, that we are gathered by Christ uh, in his church. Uh, we're nurtured by his word and nurture each other. And then we go out and serve in, in the world and of course, uh, each other as well. Uh, and as far as the, I guess we'll call it a position description or a list of duties, that's a good starting point. But I bet you anybody who's been in ministry more than six months knows God calls us to do things in our context that may be way outside of that list sometimes, and maybe outside of our comfort zone as well. Uh, the glorious gift of being in a larger congregation is to have that, that group of, um, of support staff around to help accomplish those things that maybe we didn't see coming or we didn't expect that we would be doing them. Uh, in the case of a soul pastor, I would say all the things Bob said, and then also Lean on that, uh, lean on that circuit visitor or whoever your supervising pastor is and their experience. Talk with other pastors in your um, in your area, in your circuit. Uh, man, use that community, that that community to, to help understand what the needs are and, and how to accomplish the things that your congregation uh, seems to be calling you to do. Um, yeah, I, for all those little pastors, I really, really encourage them to to lean heavily on each other and and especially on guys like Bob and me who have. Who have a larger staff and have more, perhaps some some more personnel resources to help out now and then. We're all in this together, one big church yeah. on earth. Um, Steve, I, I forget what was your previous uh, uh, job. How did you feed your family? I I, uh, I dabbled in automotive engineering for 24 years until God okay. finally showed what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have okay. something in common. <laughs> yeah. I'll start with with you, Steve. What what's your greatest joy? In, in ministry, what's your greatest joy? Well, boy, it, it, it really is the the one-on-one the -on -one with with individuals and families, even when it's in a time of greatest need, even when it's um, suffering through physical afflictions, through funerals, but of course, baptisms and weddings and uh, the glorious times. It's, it's, you know, Pastor Randy Schlock at Redeemer said this to me once. It's very wise. He said, you become someone's pastor one person at a time through one baptism, through one wedding, through one funeral, through one difficult Sure, service. sure. And all those, uh, and, and those interactions, those moments where we share um, Christ together, that, that brings me the greatest joy. Bob, how about you? Greatest, greatest joy. Oh, I would concur with Steve. Uh, I love preaching and teaching, but that one-on-one, -on -one, uh, that is so precious. So if, whether it's at someone's bedside in the hospital or someone, uh, a, a family that's just lost a loved one, and they really appreciate your presence there at that time. Funerals, baptisms, uh, and, and just visiting uh, the, the homebound or those who are ill. That is a, an awesome time, and it, we have a great opportunity to, there to share the love of Jesus with them. And they listen. What would you say to a congregation that, that needs a pastor and a specific ministry pastor is, 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 option, is an option? I, yeah. I would say keep your eye out in the congregation for someone who might fill that role and might uh, consider uh, entering the SMP or alternate route, uh, whatever the case may be. But um, 
you might be surprised. There might be a guy that just doesn't know about it, you know, as as an option for them. Yeah, that Bob, that's great, great advice. We should do that more. We uh, promoting just helping people understand that that's out there. And I'll bet you a lot of congregations who are looking for support and help in the pastoral staff could probably identify two or three or four men who already fit that bill. And and to those men, I say, it, you know, if you're feeling that gentle leading of the Holy Spirit, um, don't wait for 24 years like I did. Uh, follow follow the lead of the Spirit and talk with your pastor about what the next steps might be, and just learn more about it. Um, yep. You will be entering into uh, onto a path of, of great joy and service to our Lord. And Bob, you mentioned you mentioned that something that was very helpful to you was you started with the deacon training program here in right. the Michigan District, and that really helped you uh, prepare to re to uh, be successful in the study through uh, through the training at the seminary, your entrance exams, things like that. Uh, so. Thanks for that plug. We appreciate that as well. Yeah, yeah. We do have that here in our district and uh, it's very useful and good, good training in preparation for uh, the next step. Absolutely. And, Rob, why don't you talk about what those next steps are? Once congregations identify that person, what can the Michigan district do to help? Yeah, Jeff, uh, once, once that person may be identified, you have that conversation, uh, certainly contact my office. Uh, I'm I have the privilege of working with uh, anyone going through the seminary by way of an alternate route, a different route than uh, just showing up at the seminary and studying, you know, uh, from college to seminary. So uh, I, I work with uh, anyone that's in that transition. The, the Michigan District has uh, financial support. Uh, I will say that uh, the assumption is that the individual would pick up about uh, a third of the cost of their education. The congregation would pick up about a third of the cost of his education. And the district has committed, uh, thanks to the generosity of uh, many, many people through our Here We Stand campaign, uh, we're able to support to about a, a third of the cost uh, now. And we do that. Uh, you have to make application for it. Uh, we've I just spoke with a guy this past week who's going a uh, uh, specific ministry uh, pastor route invited by his congregation to do so, to, to do that. And uh, he also finished our, our deacon training program. So he's uh, he's greased the skids to go through uh, <laughs> the entrance exams and everything, which is great. Uh, but he happens to be a, someone who has capacity. He's not asking his congregation, uh, they're, they're paying about a third of it and he's taking care of the rest of it because uh, he has capacity to do that. Uh, well, praise God, uh, and he's going to be fully employed with his day job and be working part-time as the associate pastor, assistant pastor of outreach. So uh, God bless him as he lives that out and uh, yes. very, very passionate. So so we, we uh, do the uh, help them walk through the entrance process with our seminaries, either one, and uh, all those applications for SMP. Uh, while you apply at the seminaries, all applications finally come through the president's office here in the district, the Michigan district. Uh, and there's several pieces. My assistant, uh, Martha, uh, will uh, she has a checklist of all things you need to do and uh, get to her uh, so that everything goes all at once to the seminary for, uh, for that acceptance into the program. So uh, what happens, you go into the program once you're accepted, uh, you immediately become a vicar 
and then your supervising pastor can help you define what that means. But you're basically a, a, a vicar for two years, and then you're ordained, assuming all are successful. Would you add anything to that? What was the rigors of the study? Was that was that hard? Was it difficult? Was it challenging? Was it impossible? What was it? <laughs> well, it it was tough because I hadn't been to school for quite some time, you know, in in that environment. But that's what um, the deacon program did help me, uh, you know, get a little taste of that beforehand. So that was a great help in that way. Um, but you know, the 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 beauty part of being able to serve right off the bat as a vicar in your congregation and have that experience before you're ordained. So you're learning, it's on the job training, right? So, uh, and, and um, you know, you have plenty of time still to study and, and all of that. And the, the fact that it's predominantly online, you know, you go down, uh, you know, for one week a year for your intensives at the seminary, but the, that it was online, you know, if you're a self-motivated kind of guy, uh, it, it's a good way uh, to learn. Uh, so it was it was perfect for me, and it was just a blessing, as I say, to be able to serve right off. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 you know, I, I I went to engineering school at General Motors Institute. It's now Kettering, and that was uh, work for twelve weeks, school for twelve weeks, and so this was just like more of the same, but you know, in a theological sense. And you end up learning as much on the job, or perhaps more than you do, yeah. you know, in your book learning. Uh, I, I encourage congregations to give that SMP vicar and then pastor, because there's two years of study after the ordination takes place. Give that person some time. Um, don't load them up completely, uh, but uh, our, our shepherd was very generous to give me some time during the workday to study as well uh, to guarantee the success of your of your SMP candidate. Uh, that that will bear fruit in later years if you don't. And I, I'm thankful for my senior pastor at the time who protected that time for me so that uh, I could really make sure I was getting all the all the work done because it's it's substantial, but it's also incredibly worthwhile. And I'm so thankful for every moment of it. Well, we'll have information on the SMP program and how to get started, how to get involved in that. Check out our show notes below. Rob, thank you so much for the time. Pastors, it's been great. Uh, we appreciate all that you do and how God is working in and through you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, the listener, for making this podcast part of your day. God bless.